It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weekday Warriors of Wrestling 4. March 21st, 2019. I'm Eric Clancy, joined as always by Mr. Patrick Kelly. Uh, we are, what, like three weeks away from WrestleMania at this point? A little less than that, yeah. Yeah, um, and there are quite a few events coming up that weekend. Uh, we've got the New Japan Ring of Honor show, which I will be at. We've got WrestleMania, of course. We've got NXT TakeOver uh, New York. Are they calling it Brooklyn or New York? I think they're calling it New York. Which is weird, but okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I, which I'll be at that as well. There's some, like, uh, Evolve shows and MLW. You know, the weird, the, the thing that frustrates me about MLW is I bought those tickets, like, before AEW happened and, like, before this, like, massive talent war happened. So I was hoping yeah. to see pentagon and phoenix and all those guys and i actually saw them over the summer i want to say in like june i saw the first battle riot show um mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun uh but like it was oh, like that was the... uh, jean-pierre lafitte yeah yeah i saw pco there i saw um uh pentagon i saw phoenix i saw filthy tom i saw uh simon gotch was there simon grim as he's called there jack swagger was there um uh mjf was there lot like lots of names and like now i'm like oh who's good shane strickland was there so there was a lot of dudes and it's like now i'm like uh everybody got snatched up pretty quickly didn't they so um we'll see i i i actually enjoyed the mlw uh show more than i enjoyed uh my most recent ring of honor show i actually thought the matches were a lot better um so hopefully but you know once again it's it's all about the talent really yeah and with aew kind of putting all their pieces into place i was actually just reading right before you called that they picked up alley from impact wrestling so uh oh man yeah yeah and um, I mean, that really kind of took some of the wind out of the sails for the Ring of Honor New Japan show, because I think everybody bought those tickets assuming that Cody and the Bucks were going to be there, and now they're not. But fortunately, I think Ring of Honor was able – it happened soon enough that they were able to kind of get enough pieces in place to make the show work. But some of these other guys, yeah, they're, it, they're struggling to put on their classic WrestleMania show. Yeah, I, I think um, I think Ring of Honor is okay. I mean – First of all, that show's going to have Okada and, like, uh, Tanahashi and, and a few others. So I think they're going to be fine. And I think Ring of Honor, like, has actually done pretty well. I mean, they got Bandito earlier this year, um, which mm-hmm. was a major ma- a major coup. The, the, the thought process was he was either going to go to AEW or WWE. So the fact that Ring of Honor was able to get him. Ring of Honor also got Roosh. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, there, there's there's Those a lot of guys. Their last pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, and, and and there's a lot of guys that they've been able to, you know, they they got like um, 
like Brody King, and I think they got they got PCO, right? They did, yeah. The, he's part yeah. of Villain Enterprise. Yeah, so there's like, and I'm sure Skrull will be going to AEW, but like Ring of Honor's been like decently more, they've been more competitive than I thought they they may have been. But um, yeah, no, they, they definitely- a pretty good in place. I, I feel like, and because this always happens to them, you know, they made Samoa Joe and then he eventually left. They made Punk, he eventually left. And um, they've always had a pretty good system in place of being able to replace the top guys that leave. Uh, they've always been pretty good about that. Yeah, but you get yeah, I I agree, and I think I I think you just have to have enough time in between those guys because I remember ECW and I remember oh you know you lose Shane Douglas uh, they'll bounce back you lose Taz oh they'll bounce back but then you like you start losing Lance Storm and you, you eventually in the Dudley Boys eventually you can't replace all the guys like if there there just becomes a point where you're losing talent too fast so you have to make sure um, and I think. New Japan finally got with a fucking program and started offering long-term contracts to people because they're like going on this year, year contract thing was like, there was no way they were going to compete because anybody who was hot could sign at the end of the, um, at the end of the year. And I actually think New Japan um, was hurt by AEW more than ROH was because you look mm-hmm. at the guys that they have that were going to draw, um, stateside and you had jericho and you had cody and the bucks and kenny and and those guys and they like lost all of them. a page um you know and the guys that they have now which i think would be decent in the u.s but not as big as the guys that they had would be like osprey and zach saber jr and even those two they're probably a bigger deal in europe which i, I get that that's a key market for them but like I, like you, you see the sales for their G1 Dallas show, and it's like they did not sell very well. And I, I have to think the reason is like the elite and those those guys not being there. Oh, that's absolutely the reason. Um, I mean, that they basically lost their whole presence in America. Not their whole presence, but the guys that everybody was talking about—the Omegas, the Jerichos, Cody—and you know that I the biggest match that New Japan had in the last few years was Alpha versus Omega and AEW's getting the rematch. So, yeah, that really took the wind out of the sails for New Japan, at least stateside. Yeah, and I mean, you can do... I, I, I do think, like, you put an Okada match in, in America and it's going to be a big deal. But that said, that's one match on the card. And you had these mm-hmm. guys that were, like, a major fucking deal stateside when you lose them, I mean, like, I know every, I know in Japan, Naito is huge. In America, he's not as big of a deal. Um, uh, Okada is, Tanahashi is, but like, you know, that's really it. And, and I do, I do, um, uh, I give them credit for signing Ibushi and I give them credit for signing Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr. to longer deals because those are the those are the English speaking guys. I mean, not Abushi, but those are the English speaking guys that you're gonna want to have to 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 build up and build your audience around because I mean, it, it's like I don't know, it's tough to replace those guys. There's not a, a ton of them in the world. I mean, you see you see how how quickly talents being like snapped up. You see like Jungle Boy. Um, 
like had one match in pro wrestling gorilla and they're like okay let's get him and he and he gets a big contract with with AEW. so it's like gone are the days where you could like exist and be good in like pwg or like you know beyond wrestling or progress or whatever you're gonna get snatched up really quickly in this day and age which makes it exciting. It's nice to have, like, major headlines again. Because uh, yeah. you and I are old enough. We remember the era of the big three where it felt like every day there was something going on. It was like, oh, is he going over? Is he going over with this, that, and the other? And um, that was an exciting time to be a fan. So we've gotten – I think modern fans are getting a little taste of that with AEW throwing their name in the hat. Yeah. So um, I agree. So the big deal, obviously um, – building up to wrestlemania is is the show itself wrestlemania so what i do want to do i want to break uh i want to do some wrestlemania recaps like we we normally do every year for many 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 Mm -hmm. many many years um and i also want to take a look at different matches each show building up so we got like we got like Two or three shows, I think, until then. So we'll do a few there. So this week, I want us to talk about the Raw women's match. I want us to talk about Triple H and Batista. And I want us to talk about Shane McMahon and The Miz and um, Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio. We'll cover the other matches next time. But let's start with those guys. Um, uh, The women's triple threat match. Patrick, what did you think of Fastlane, and what did you think of how that match ended between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair? I mean, we got the result that we both expected and wanted. I mean, Becky right now is pretty much the most over character in the WWE, so um, her being put into that match is pretty much the only way they could go. Um, I thought the way it came off was a little flat. Um, I get what they were going for. Uh, they don't want to have Charlotte get beat before Mania. They kind of, they're trying to protect all three girls, but in doing so, they kind of, I don't know, they made Becky's like ultimate win to get into WrestleMania feel like, um, I don't know, it just, it just came off flat to me. It just didn't really. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was weak. I, I thought like, I, I think like, you know, you say Becky's the most over character in the company, and she may be, but I feel like they've done more to hurt her since the Royal Rumble than they've done to any character they have. Um, yeah, no, they don't want to beat Charlotte before Mania. They shouldn't beat Charlotte before Mania. But then you don't do that damn match. Do Becky and Alexa. And that's the problem. There's too much programming. And I think that's killing the, the buildup to this match, which they want it to be a big deal. They're obviously going to be the closers. I think at this point. They I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know about that anymore. I, I would have guaranteed oh, really? you that two, three weeks ago. Now, I'm not quite sure. What do you think? I guess Brock and Seth, I guess, would be yeah, the other you option, know, right? Yeah, I think, uh, yes. So I, 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 I'm not saying it's not going to be the closer, but I do think Brock and Seth has a major chance to. And this won't do it, but I think a lot of people would actually be really happy with Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston closing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kofi caught fire recently actually so yeah that would actually be a good choice too yeah so um i think uh yeah so like 
they 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 may close the show it really depends on the booking um you know i never know with brock anymore like we always say he's gonna <laughs> lose and every every time he wins i i yeah i guess it's that's a tough match to to call but yeah i'm thinking you know going back to what i was saying earlier about the triple threat it was um it's obviously the match that they're kind of positioning to be the one that everybody's talking about but with all the storyline developments that have happened week to week to week to week, it almost feels like they've kind of blown their load. And I think that's just part of the problem of having so much programming. It's just that it feels like they've already blown their load before the match has even happened. Yeah, and, you know, I, I don't think – I mean, there is a too much programming problem, but there's also a – why does Becky have to wrestle Charlotte on this show problem? I think you could easily have Becky and Alexa or someone like that mm -hmm. and still get the, get the results you want. Oh yeah. They could have done literally anything else. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's go on to uh, triple H and Batista. I, you know what? I, I, I'm very torn on this match because on one hand, I love what Batista has been doing. And on the other hand, I hate this like kayfabe Russo. This part of the show is real. The rest of it's fake stuff they've been doing. Um, I don't think it helps anybody. And I, like, I feel like Triple H could have been really upset and pissed off about it without resorting to this is Paul talking to Dave stuff. Yeah, that stuff never really worked for me. I'm the type that, um, I feel like creative's job is to suck me into what they're doing, not, and that kind of, you know, pulling the curtain back and that type of stuff just kind of kills it for me. It just, if you're telling me it's fake, then how can I invest in it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, you know, so. I mean, he's go actually ahead. been doing pretty well in the promos for the most, not the one on Raw this week, but for the most part, I think he's done pretty well. Yeah, no, and I, and I like the intro segment where he, like, dragged the corpse of Ric Flair around. I thought that was great. Um, uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, neither guy is going to be, like, I mean, maybe Triple H can have a great match. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I common knowledge would say they're not going to have a good match, but who knows? Well, uh, they could book the holy hell out of it and just make it just a three-ring circus and probably make something good. Who knows? Maybe Rocket Raccoon will do a run-in. That would be great. That would be cool. You could have yeah, like I augmented reality Rocket Raccoon like they did with the graphics last year. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be pretty awesome, actually. Uh, okay, so let's get to Shane McMahon and The Miz. Um, I actually really enjoyed the angle at, on Fastlane where Miz, McMahon, uh, Shane turned on Miz. Um, I thought, I think Shane McMahon as a heel is a much better idea. And um, I, I liked Miz's promo on Tuesday. I thought it was like from the heart. I thought it was, it, it really got me behind him and it really made me want to see him beat the shit out of Shane, which I guess is the point. And uh, yeah, I mean, it accomplished what I think they wanted to accomplish with that. Yeah, we talked about it in the past. It's just bizarre that Shane McMahon is one of those guys. All right, we've got to have the Shane match at WrestleMania. And how Shane got to be one of those guys that has to have a match at WrestleMania is just kind of ridiculous to me. But if you're going to do it, it's cool that Miz is getting this because he's one of the guys that kind of deserves some level of reward uh, on a grand stage like WrestleMania. Yeah. And, 
a part of what I was worried about with this, Miz has got this weird thing where whenever he's a heel, I weirdly kind of agree with his character, so I kind of like him. And then when he's a face, he's kind of lame. So it'd be nice if he could get, like, perfectly hateable or uh, perfectly likable when they intend him to be. But um, I, I'm yeah. kind of worried that he's going to go straight up goofball this time around as well. But like you said, that promo on SmackDown this week I thought came off very effectively. Well, let's be honest, Patrick. I mean, every baby face they have has that problem. The second they turn him face, they become these insufferable assholes that you don't want anything to do with. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, that, that could be good. That could be a good, like, um, I don't know. That could be fine. Um, all right. And last. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think so. I think that could help him out a lot, too. Um, uh, all right. So last one we'll talk about today, the Samoa Joe Rey Mysterio match for the United States Championship. I, You know, Patrick, I, I was a little disappointed. I thought Cena was going to be back for this and we could have that long talked about John Cena, Samoa Joe, Southern California. We were in OVW together for three seconds match. Um that that could have had some really interesting stuff where Joe talks about how uh, because of a choice WWE made, John Cena had his career and Samoa Joe had a different one. Um, but no, so I, I should forget about that because it's it's Rey Mysterio instead. Yeah, this is okay. Cena's placement on the card, which as far as we know, he doesn't have one so far. Yeah. I was kind of thinking he would be the choice for Angle's last opponent. Um, when they announced that Angle was going to retire at WrestleMania, yeah, oh, that that would be that would be interesting. Yeah, and it was like, oh, so you don't, oh, so you just didn't do anything interesting. Um, I think Joe and Ray is a nice, solid like match. It'll be fine, nice yeah. clashing styles type of, but there's no like storyline there. There's no like reason to invest beyond it's like, oh, that'll be a nice athletic match. I mean, I hear that. I think opening bout. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So next week we'll talk about uh, Brock and Seth. We'll talk about uh, Angle's last match. We'll talk about Styles and Orton. We will talk about the Battle Royal, and we'll see if Daniel Bryan and Kofi is official. But for now, Patrick, why don't we do our classics, our WrestleMania rewinds? Uh, it'll Let's probably it. be the the same six it always is. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I will I will do my random generator thing and we will chat and go through our favorite memories of these shows. So for three, two, one, and oh Patrick, this ought to be an interesting one. I don't think we get this one a lot. Um okay. WrestleMania X8 from the Skydome in Toronto. March 17th, 2002. Patrick, what's the first thing that jumps out at you about WrestleMania 18? Well, obviously, um, Diamond Dallas Page uh, defeating Christian in the European title match. Yes, that's where I was going. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I am a huge DDP, Mark. So, But seriously, though, yeah, if there's a WrestleMania that is um, I, I don't want to call it a one-match show, but really, if there's a match that defined a WrestleMania, you know, I think of a few other ones, maybe the latter match at 10, but generally, when you think of WrestleMania 18, you think of Hogan Rock. I mean, it's just, it basically was the show. 
So here's what, and tell me if this is, tell me which of these three WrestleManias define this for you, because it's one of these three. I'm looking at this card and I'm remembering it. And is this the most like weird ass mix of generations WrestleMania ever? Or would that be 19 or 20? Okay. So, so uh, yeah, I, I just want to know which one you think is like, you know, you've got this one with has like Steve Austin versus Razor Ramon, essentially. You've got The Rock, you've got Hulk Hogan, you've got Triple H, Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Ric Flair. Like, there's all sorts of generations happening here. Yeah, it's a, it was a very weird mismatch. I, I've often speculated that this WrestleMania was supposed to be the end of the WCW invasion angle. Yeah, I but think obviously it was. that's like a lead. Yeah, that sank like a lead balloon. So <laughs> that they had to cut it off. So a lot of the matches on this show just kind of feel like, ah, oh, let's just throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks, because all of our original plans kind of flew out the window. But yeah, it is a very odd card on paper. Even, yeah, even I- matches like RVD and Regal, like you wouldn't expect that match to ever take place, but it did. Yeah, this. Um, I hated this card. Um. I thought it like fucking blue and like it was just like there was no story behind a vast majority of these matches. Um, Like even even the ones that were like, quote unquote, had a story. They didn't like Rock and Hogan. Like, yeah, that was like a big match. But it also like happened. It started like a month before the show, like I think less than a month before the show. Well, the NWO debuted at No Way Out, so yeah, they only, and, and Rock was taking time off to film a movie, so they didn't have a whole lot of time to build this. Yeah. Um, I think although it was I think one d- segment, a tag match, and a couple promos, and I think that was it. Yeah, and the, the, I mean, there's this thing you can say for less is more, and I get that. I'm just saying they're like a lot of these things didn't have much behind them. Like Steve Austin and Scott Hall is like. Like, first of all, that's fucking ridiculous. That's a weird-ass match. Um, It's not particularly good. And basically, the NWO costs Austin the title at No Way Out. So his, like, thing is to go hunting after Scott Hall with all these weird-ass, like, like, traps and stuff. And it's really stupid and terrible. And they have this match. And it's just like, holy shit. Stone Cold Steve Austin. This this is I would say this is his worst WrestleMania appearance, and I'm I'm very much aware that he wrestled Savio Vega at twelve. That one, the one at twelve gets a pass because that was his first. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one is like really that's all you got for Steve, really. And I'm not trying to put down Scott Hall here. It really should have been if I had any, if I had full control over the events of this WrestleMania, it would have been Austin versus Angle as like yes. the final blow off to all the matches they'd had and the outsiders versus DX. If such a thing was possible. Yeah. Well, how would you do DX? It, it would have been, um, I was probably triple H and X-Pac versus Paul and Nash with Sean as like special guest enforcer or something. And you didn't know who he was going to side with. Okay. So I, I agree with half of that. So, I 100% would have done Austin and Angle. I've said this. I've said this to you many times, I think, and I've said this on our show many times. Yeah. But like the mm-hmm. I like 
Steve Austin and Kurt Angle wrestled at every single pay-per-view from July until uh, until January, and it's like holy shit! They were in. They were they were either in the same match or wrestling against each other at those pay-per-views, and you couldn't have like some like final fucking showdown. It, it was it was very weird. I, however, as far as the outsiders go. I would have done Outsiders Dudley Boys. I think that would have been, or like Ooh. the Hardy Boys. One of those like younger teams that, that would have been more of a dream match. Ooh, that's actually a really good one as well, yeah. Because, uh, I, you know, anyway, I, I do. It's better than what we got. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, because, and here's the thing, like, I do not disagree with the result of what happened in the main event of this show. I do not. I, I think, yeah, Triple H probably should have won the title, but I think it, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum for many, 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 many years. But you know, like Chris Jericho should have been built up as a stronger heel, and he should have been able to get heat on on Triple H. He should have been able to have an and affair with Stephanie. Stephanie. Yeah, he should have been able to do all that. And then, like, I mean, it, it's stuff like this. And Triple H is a lot better about it now, but he like. For so long, he was like, nobody can get heat on him. And then he wonders why he had such a shitty babyface run. And it's stuff like this. Like, who cares if he beats Jericho? Like, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter because Jericho hasn't done anything. He's been ruined in this whole, like, buildup. So that was, you know, such a failure. And I know everybody's like, oh, well, Rock and Hogan happened. I was like, I disagree. I think yeah. if your match was good enough, it would have been fine. But it wasn't. Nobody cared. And also, like, Hogan Rock, like, I don't think they knew or any human, any sane human being could have known how the crowd was going to react that night. I disagree. But, I 100% disagree. Oh, you think that they, they knew that that was going to happen? Yeah, well, for multiple reasons. Uh, one, Hogan had been getting those reactions on how shows leading up. And secondly, at the end okay. of the match, the outsiders come out and turn on Hogan and they do, like, the 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 baby face thing with both of them so yeah i think they definitely knew well well yeah I, I expected like a face reaction for hogan but i mean that like over the top like into the stratosphere excitement for that match um whether or not they knew that that was going to happen i don't know but whether they did or not like the way that the main event was booked and the way that the storyline and the build-up leading up to it was booked um, that was completely within their control, and they could have made that a lot better than they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder what happened to Triple H's dog. Lucy? I don't know. I I don't think the dog died on, on camera. I believe it was just injured under the car. Well, that's good, because we don't want to yeah. hurt animals. Well, they, they, they ate Pepper all those years ago. <laughs> See, now that's a heel. Big Boss Man yeah. in 99. Big Boss Man, the worst human ever. <laughs> that was basically his gimmick. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, yeah, that's all I really want to say about this show. I mean, you had the Undertaker-Ric Flair match, which was, like, was good. Yeah, solid. You had Kurt Angle and Kane. That was great. Do you remember the story for that, Patrick? Kurt Angle and Kane? I actually do not. <laughs> I remember the buildup for Edge and Booker T, which was they were fighting over who gets the star in a shampoo commercial that they never showed us, by the way. 
Yeah, that that was always funny because they're like, what a stupid buildup. I'm like, is it any stupider than Kurt Angle and Kane? What the fuck happened there? <laughs> I was like, I, it, that was a match that felt like, okay, they're just drawing names out of a hat at this point. It's just, yeah. th- this is just so random. Yeah. I, um, I think my, like, if I had to do, like, my top three favorite matches, obviously Hogan Rock, which was just the stuff of legend, but... Like, Taker Flair, and probably number three would be, like, DDP and Christian, which was just a throwaway Euro title match. Yeah. All right. Why don't we go to the next one on our list? Um, Many years later, 12 years later, it would be WrestleMania 30. And I believe the final WrestleMania with a number on it, because after this, it was WrestleMania play button. <laughs> well, you know, we make fun of WrestleMania for it, but like everybody's doing that now. Like the, um, except for the Super Bowl, you know, movies are taking numbers out of sequels for the most part, and all this. Oh, stuff. that's and been around like, for years. They've been doing that since like 2003. Yeah, I just don't. I don't like it, and I don't get it. They're like, what? Yeah. Do we have a problem with numbers? Is there something wrong with numbers? I don't know. Uh, it's it because I'm. I, I'm assuming because like some sort of market research said that like the higher the number the it, people associate with d- diminishing quality, which, I mean, they could always try to like make better movies, but you know. <laughs> well, I just love that we're at a point now where a sequel to Halloween is just called Halloween. They're not even trying to like dress it up or anything. Yeah. That's funny yeah. Me. It's Halloween. There's Halloween followed by the other movie, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so you know it's it's funny because you go into um, uh, you look at a lot of these other um, WrestleManias and especially recent WrestleManias, and there's a lot of matches on them. But you look at this one, WrestleMania 30, and as far as the main card, there are seven matches on this show. Yeah, and most of them were pretty long, too. I think, uh, like, Daniel Bryan and Triple H was about half an hour. Cena and Bray Wyatt somehow got, like, half an hour. Taker Brock was half an hour. The main event went long. So uh, a lot of, like, really long matches on this show. Um, most of them good. Uh, I actually loved this WrestleMania. I thought it was probably the last great one up to this point. I, I would agree with that. Um and I think that's simply because it starts and ends on such a strong note. Um, you know, you have mm-hmm. what what I thought was just an amazing... Uh, like, I consider the main event and the opening match, like, the same match. Like, it's the same story. And, like, you know, if I had to pick between the two of them, I mean, one is a better... Re- like, Daniel Bryan and Triple H is a better wrestled match than the main event. And the main event early suffers from the crowd still being in shock over taker. Um, but the main event is amazing and the ending is incredible and it's awesome and it's fantastic. Um, but it, it just shows you like, you don't need to have just like eight good matches. You just need like, if you can bookend that shit, it's, it's a great show. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen here that I liked. I liked that the shield essentially squashed Kane and the new age outlaws. I thought it was a nice, like, yeah, like, hey, we're actually putting the new guys over, which is nice for once. Yeah, that was that was booked about as perfectly as it could possibly be. Yeah. Um, Cesaro win, wins the uh, Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royal, which was great. Remember when um, we thought he was going to face Lesnar? 
yeah, that would have been fun. And then it didn't happen. So, uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, this is probably the last time that Battle Royal really mattered. Yeah, they keep doing it, though. They're going to do it again this year. Yep, I'm sure they will. Um, didn't, like, Matt Hardy win it last year? Was that last year where Bray helped him win? I think so. I think so, yeah. Um, that tells you how important it is. We're struggling to remember who won the darn thing. Yeah. Um, uh, we had John Cena and Bray Wyatt, which was terrible, and for no reason John Cena beats him. But, you know, like, I always love that stuff. I was like, he's in the ring with them. I'm like, well, yeah, Bray Wyatt's a huge star today. All these carefully constructed moments of Bray Wyatt losing to John Cena and Bray Wyatt losing to The Undertaker and Bray Wyatt losing to Randy Orton, even though he used magic bugs and Bray Wyatt just being off to the side and getting humiliated by The Rock. These all worked out and were great decisions. And Bray Wyatt's a huge star today because of it. Yep. <laughs> it's, yeah, that was kind of the first major nail in the coffin right there for Bray, unfortunately. Yeah, it really um, was. Be- because he had, the, he had the great intro. Um, the matches with Kane and R-Truth when he first came in weren't great, but he was going over people. And then he had the great oh, yeah. feud with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan put him over. And you're like, yeah, okay, cool. And then, you know, then this all happened. And that, unfortunately, is kind of seen as legacy, where it's, uh, you know, you build up a guy, and then he gets fed to Cena, and that's it. And so many guys just got wasted. Rusev is another one, where it's just so many guys that could have had great careers that just got wasted for one reason or another. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker which was fantastic proof that Uh, The Undertaker should not wrestle. Yeah, oh, God. Uh, And his WrestleMania matches have only gotten worse since then, except for the match with Cena, which they kept short, thank God. But, uh, yeah, the match was dreadful. Um, This should have been the end of Undertaker's career. Um, I think the end of the streak gives it that, like, historical footnote uh, moment in time feel to it that makes the match worth it, even though it's awful. Uh, yeah. But this absolutely could have been the end of Undertaker's career. Yeah, and it's amazing because, like, we f- fuck Undertaker. Because holy shit, man. Like, you do that thing with um, with with Roman Reigns two years ago when he's like, oh, this is it. And he puts his, like, hat. Like, you thought this was it. And then he comes back again. And then he does the thing with Roman Reigns where he puts his, where everybody has to wait there for, like, 20 years while he exits the ring. And then, oh, shit, never mind. He just wrestles the next year. And he wrestles other matches. Yep. And he's probably so, going to wrestle a match at WrestleMania this year. Who would he wrestle against? Probably Cena. Is that? Do you really think that's going to happen? I, if they didn't put Cena with Angle or Joe, I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. It might even be like an impromptu match thrown out onto the show, like in the middle of it, like last year's match was. I mean, I know he's going to wrestle at the Saudi Arabia show because, of course, he does. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I always loved WrestleMania um, uh, 30. I, I think it's it's a great one just because because that um, that uh, that ending is just so strong. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. And the match with you won a WrestleMania Classic, like the Daniel Bryan Triple H match that opened up the show was fantastic. And then you got probably the best opening fight. match they've ever done at a WrestleMania. It's up there. Like it's definitely up. The only other one that comes close would be Brett Owen. Yeah, but I I, I like I, I prefer this one personally. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's one of those flip a coin, take your pick. But they, you know, it's weird. Like they don't have a lot of strong mania openers. Now that I think about it. Well, let's go through this. Let's go through before we get out of here. Let's go through all the mania openers <laughs> in in reverse <laughs> order. Pandora's box. What'd you say? I've opened up Pandora's box. You have. Let, let's take a look at it, though. So last year, the Mania opener was Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins versus The Miz. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a good one. Um, and then at Wrestle, the ultimate thrill ride, WrestleMania roller coaster, uh, the opening match was... AJ Styles and Shane McMahon, which some people, wrongly, but some people think was the best match on that show. It was actually one of the best matches on the show. One of, not the best match. But no, no, I, it I wasn't. I thought, me too, me too. Um, all right, then the Dallas one um, would be... The ladder match for the Intercontinental title, Zack Ryder, Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens, The Miz, Sami Zayn, Sin Cara, and Stardust. Yeah, that's one of those, like, they've done those seven-man ladder matches so many times, they all run together after a while. Yeah. That's just, that was one of those. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 31, the opener was yet another Intercontinental title ladder match. Daniel Bryan against Bad News Barrett, Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler, Stardust, Luke Harper, and R-Truth. They sound identical. <laughs> I know, don't they? They are almost identical. Uh, we talked about Mania 30. How about the Mania that we were at? WrestleMania 29. The opener was The Shield defeating Big Show, Randy Orton, and Sheamus. Oh, that match is fine. I was... I remember being disappointed. That I was like, oh, that's all they have for the Shield? Because I thought they'd be in something bigger than that. But yeah, yeah. That was okay. Uh, WrestleMania, oh, you're going to like this one. WrestleMania 28, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. <laughs> the match that, in a weird way, catapulted Daniel Bryan's career. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, WrestleMania 27 at the Georgia Dome. The opening match was Edge and Alberto Del Rio. The work in the match was fine. Um, I thought it was a little weird to open up with the world title. And I, Alberto was always such a weird pick to me. Like, I didn't understand why he won the Rumble. And I didn't understand why he was in the I spot. Agree. And then he didn't win. He didn't win. And so it was like, well, that was a waste of time. Yeah. I agree. Um, all right, WrestleMania 26. Uh, the opening match was Show Miz, Big Show and The Miz defeating John Morrison and R Truth in a three minute and 24 second match. That match was dreadful. That was just what a flat way to open up a show. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, all right, now we got uh, the 25th anniversary to uh, Patrick of WrestleMania. Yep, because Vince knows how anniversaries work. Yeah, uh, it was a Money in the Bank ladder match with CM Punk defeating Christian, Finlay, Kane, Kofi Kingston, Mark Henry, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin. That's cool that Punk won, um, but you, like I said, these ladder matches, they all look the same after a while. Yeah. Uh, okay, so WrestleMania 23 in their favorite place ever, Florida. Uh, the opening match Fuck on that was the... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they fucking hate that place so much. <laughs> that was again if you don't know what we're talking about go check out the mania of wrestlemania documentary they really shit on that venue to a degree that was hilarious they like yeah they, they think it's terrible um so this show opened up with a belfast brawl patrick it was jbl and finley somehow the the in-ring payoff to the mcmahon illegitimate child storyline on paper this looked horrible the match itself was actually kind of fun yeah, especially when he threw that trash can right into his face. Yeah, that's what made it. Yeah, that right there. Comedy gold. Yeah. Uh, all right, WrestleMania 23 in Detroit. The opening match here, I think, was Money in the Bank, was it? Uh, yes, it was. Money in the Bank. Kennedy defeated Punk, Edge, Finley, Jeff Hardy, King Booker, Randy Orton, and Matt Hardy. Patrick, this was great because it ruined Edge's undefeated streak, and then Edge just got the money in the bank anyway, so it didn't matter. <laughs> Why couldn't we get Edge versus Orton? Because I think that was our idea. Yeah, and they did the ma- – I don't know. Because – I don't know. Because we had to have Great Colleen and Kane on the card <laughs> so they could replicate Hogan and Andre. How it worked with Great Colleen and Kane, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god you know it's weird i realized how much lazier the booking has gotten yep yep all right let's go to wrestlemania 22 which has this weird ass poster where booker t is being bulldogged by john cena uh the opening match for this one patrick was another big show tag match it's big show and kane defeating carlito and chris masters for the world tag team titles Remember when we thought Carlito and Chris Masters had potential? Yes. Yes, I do. That feels like it was eons ago. But, yeah, Kane and Big Show, that, those were two guys that whenever they ran out of things to do with either one of them, they would just throw them together at the tag team. Because I, I feel like they did that run, like, 18 times. Yes. I, I would not be surprised if that was the actual number. I mean, um, I, match was what it was. So uh, we go to WrestleMania 21. Patrick, WrestleMania goes Hollywood. And this opening match was Rey Mysterio defeating Eddie Guerrero probably in that the match. Worst that, match they ever had together. I agree. It probably was. Ever. Not and it wasn't match. a bad match. It was fine. Yeah, by their standards, though, it was like, dude, they've done so much. They did much better than that in the past, especially in WCW, and they did much better than that later this same year. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so WrestleMania 20, Patrick, where it all began again. 
Um, John Cena defeated the Big Show for the U.S. Championship. By the way, does the Big Show have the most opening matches in WrestleMania history? Because it definitely seems like he does. He might. It feels like it. Um, That's an interesting stat to have. But um, this but one was fine. It, my biggest problem here. I mean, it was big for Cena winning his first title. Um, so it has that little historical nugget to it. But I think my big issue was. They had him give the FU to the Big Show many times before WrestleMania. Yeah, I know. Kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's like, oh, look how impressive Cena is. It's like, yeah, but now he's done it at Mania and nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, all right, so next was WrestleMania 19 at Safeco Field in Seattle, and it's Matt Hardy, version one, defending his WWE Cruiserweight title against Rey Mysterio, who is also racking up quite a few uh opening matches i love that attitude gimmick that was such a weird <laughs> weird gimmick but i really i really liked it but uh yeah this was a solid match yeah i liked it matt tan's wearing only a sock <laughs> I, I give that uh, credit that dude like he knows how to rejuvenate himself he certainly does um we talked about wrestlemania x8 um RVD defeated William Regal. Solid match. Yep. WrestleMania X7, which was William Regal again, and this time against Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental title. A solid match. This one even had a story behind it. Yeah, with piss tea. <laughs> a bit that people still talk about to this day. Yeah, yeah. All right, Patrick. WrestleMania 2000 was presented by Snickers, and the tagline, a McMahon in every corner. The opening match was a tag team match. I forgot about this, because this show did not have one singles match outside of Terry Runnels and the Cat. Um, the opening match was, get this barn burner, Big Boss Man and Bull Buchanan defeating The Godfather and D'Lo Brown. I think you said it all. <laughs> Next. Pimpin' ain't pimpin' ain't easy, man. Um, WrestleMania 15, Patrick, the raging climax. Get it? Because sex. Um, the opening match here it's was... Great, bro. I'm telling you, bro. Yeah. yeah. Hardcore Ollie defeating Al Snow with head and Billy Gunn to win the coveted Hardcore Championship. We've talked about this before, but they really screwed up um, both this match and the IC title match by switching the outlaws. Yes, because he wanted to trick people. They're expecting that, bro. we got to keep them on the toes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, WrestleMania 14, DX Rated. That had the opening match was the tag team Battle Royal. LOD 2000 beat a bunch of teams. Yeah, the return of LOD was kind of cool and sunny. Like, that is the best she's ever looked. But um, match itself was a little clunky with so many bodies in there, but uh, LOD yeah. kind of made it work. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 13, Heat. 
Sunday night, WrestleMania 13. That opened up Patrick with, oh, you're going to like this one. It's a four-way elimination <laughs> match to determine the number one contenders for the tag team titles. It's the Headbangers. It's Furnace and LaFon, the Godwins, and the new Blackjacks. Oh, my God. Like... <laughs> let's go to yeah, WrestleMania 12. Been... Yeah, let's do that. We've got WrestleMania 12, which was a World Wrestling Federation exclusive. That's not the tagline. That's just the only thing I could find on the poster. Uh, opening match was Camp Cornette, Owen Hart, Bulldog, and Vader, who would go on to have a weird-ass consecutive run of feuding with Shawn Michaels over the next year, defeating Ahmed Johnson, Jake Roberts, and Yokozuna. Um... That was a fine match. Uh, the face team was bizarre as hell, just because it's like, wait, Yoko, Jake, and Ahmed are all on one team? That's uh, okay. That's an, yeah. an interesting little threesome there, but uh, yeah, the match was fine. Uh, WrestleMania 11. The opening match was, oh, Patrick, this is going to be a tough one to beat. It's the Allied Powers defeating the Blue Brothers. The Allied Powers theme song was pretty sweet, wasn't it? It was awesome. That's true. Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) That's all I got. That's certainly it. Let's go to WrestleMania 10, which you mentioned about Brett the Hitman Hart and Owen Hart in that 20-minute opener that was somehow overshadowed by Bret Hart's arch nemesis having an even slightly better match later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this match, you know, or this pay-per-view was my birthday present in a way. It happened on my ninth birthday. So I got two of the greatest matches of all time, and, I, and my favorite wrestler at the time, Bret Hart, walked out with the title. So I was a happy kid that night. Yeah. So, so far, we're still between Bret and Owen and Triple H and Daniel Bryan. Am I correct? Nothing. Yeah, correct. Nothing else is even close. <laughs> there were some good ones, but nothing's even close to that. Yeah. Um, all right, WrestleMania 9, we've got Tatanka taking on the WWF Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels. Uh, fine match, weird ending, I guess is the best way to sum it up. Yeah, I agree. All right, WrestleMania 7, Shawn Michaels taking on El Matador, Tito Santana. Um, good match for Shawn, he was still kind of finding his groove in his singles role, but it was Solid for what it was. Okay, WrestleMania 7, Superstars and Stripes Forever. Uh, opening match would be the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, with Shawn on his long-ass three-opener streak here, defeating the Barbarian and Haku. Uh, aside from Brett Owen and Triple H and Daniel Bryan, this is probably my third favorite. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge uh, gap between this match and the other two, but it's I, I thought it was a pretty damn good tag match. Well, the ultimate challenge has another match for you, Patrick. It's Rick Martel taking on the Birdman, Coco Beware. That feels like a Coliseum video match. That doesn't even... I can't believe that was on a WrestleMania. It was. It was the opening match. Oh, wow. They really started that one hot. All right, Patrick. Well, what if the Mega Powers exploded? What could be hotter than that? Well, I'll tell you. It's the opening match of Hercules versus King Haku. Haku also on a, dialing up the opening match uh, uh, countdown. 
Yeah, actually, um, I rewatched this one not too long ago. Uh, not a bad match. Okay. Surprisingly. I haven't seen it in quite some time. WrestleMania 4, What the World is Watching. Patrick, the opening match would be the Battle Royal with either Regis Philbin or Bob Euchre, I cannot remember, commentating with Bad News Round last eliminating Bret Hart, and then Bret Hart beats the shit out of him and throws the trophy down. Uh, that would be Bob Euchre, who was the guest star at WrestleMania 4. Uh, he was yes. also one of the guest celebrities at WrestleMania 3. Uh, is Bob Euchre yeah. still alive? Let's find out. Wow. He's like, hey, you told me these guys were friends. That's what he says in the match. <laughs> um, where are you, Bob Euchre? I don't want to search for you. I want to click on your name. Uh, all right, I'm going to have to press it. Uh, Bob Euchre. Uh, looks like looks like I spelled his name wrong. Um, oh, it starts with a U. Um, he is still alive, 85 years old. Good for him. Uh, anyway, the Battle Royal, uh, I guess the ending was kind of cool. It was like the first time that Brett was going to be worth something as a singles guy, nothing else. But other than that, it was just kind of a standard Battle Royal. All right, Patrick, let's go back to bigger, badder, bolder, or whatever it was. Um, uh, the Can-Am Connection, Martel and Tom Zink defeating Bob Orton and the Magnificent Morocco. A solid opener, action-packed, nothing much else besides that. Yeah. All right, WrestleMania 2, the part that was opening in New York at the Nassau Coliseum was the magnificent Morocco and Paul Orndorff. Horrible. This match is horrible. I cannot remember when I saw this. Yeah, it's the match itself is unremarkable, but when you take into account that it was the first match on the show and they opened with a double countout, it's like the weirdest lamest opening to a wrestling pay-per-view I could possibly imagine, where it's like, all right, that was a complete waste of time. Thanks. All right, Patrick. The last one would be Tito Santana defeating the Executioner by submission. First match in WrestleMania history. Um, It was basically a squash match for Tito. That's basically all it was. They were setting him up for Greg. Uh, the mindset of WrestleMania was very different back then, where it was like, all right, we're going to do previews for this stuff, the bigger stuff down the road. So they had the Tito and Greg program lined up for the IC title later in the year, and they were kind of using this show to kind of get eyeballs on the guys and then give what their appetite was something to watch later. So as far as making Tito look good, I guess it was good for that. But other than that, it's just kind of a, it's just a squash match, basically. Yeah. So I think we have determined that um, the best two easily are WrestleMania 30 and WrestleMania 10. Yeah, it's, it's and again, it's not even close. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that Matt Bourne was on WrestleMania 1. Doink was on WrestleMania 1. Yeah, God. It's kind of nuts to think about, right? Yeah, there's some of those weird things. Like, Tito was actually, aside from Hogan, uh, was the only guy that wrestled at the first eight or nine WrestleManias, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Which is like a weird stat that like Tito was like a regular at WrestleMania for as long as he was. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, I think we're good here. We had a fair amount of time, um, but I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, make sure you keep with us for the next few weeks as we build up to WrestleMania. But for Mr. Patrick Kelly and myself, Mr. Eric Clancy, we are signing off. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.